Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to episode 21 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Have you ever considered what you were taught about the things that good teachers do, what they're willing to sacrifice, or how quote unquote good teachers operate? Teacher burnout, while absolutely a systemic issue, results in lots of ways to how society, our schools, and even how we see good teachers. That's why I brought on Caitlin Smith from How to Get Away with Teaching to talk about her experience with teacher burnout, how she survived, and what she's doing to challenge the good teacher narrative with candid conversations, destigmatizing mental health, and supporting sustainable self-care to refuel the revolution of humanizing educators. Caitlin Smith is a former teacher with over 10 years of experience in North Carolina. She has a master's degree in curriculum instruction and another in teaching English as a second language. She is the owner of How to Get Away with Teaching, LLC, a self-care brand that disrupts society's expectations of teachers and moms by prioritizing mental health and wellness. How to Get Away with Teaching also provides mental health resources, mood-boosting wellness goodies, speaking engagements, and a subscription box curated as a reminder for teachers to prioritize themselves. Honestly, you're going to love this episode and how real Caitlin is. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a Teacher Community Reviewer of the Week shout out to Courtney Silverberg for taking the time to answer a really quick survey that she got as part of the Self-Care Sunday newsletter. She says, I really appreciate you and your podcast because it is so validating. It is the one place that I don't feel like I'm being gaslit or manipulated into being okay. Your episodes are the best because every single one has resources or ideas on how to help ourselves, which is so empowering after feeling like teaching is just the same thing over 
over and over, and we just need to deal with it. I love your podcast and your guests have been perfect. I've learned a lot and I feel safe to be honest on how I'm feeling within this space. Thank you. And I want to say, Courtney, your review that you left as part of the feedback survey was so powerful. I love connecting with new teachers, supporting you guys through this podcast and social media, and providing such valuable feedback is so important to me because I want to ensure that what I'm creating is useful and helpful for leading other educators and beating and preventing and recovering from burnout. So if you're new to the podcast or just now listening in, I want you to know I'm real. Like I want to chat with you. And when you send me messages or tag episodes on your Instagram stories or leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, It helps support this podcast by helping other educators who are looking for support mindset and strategies to find it. And that really is the goal of and my mission behind this podcast. But now let's get on to the big part of this episode and let's go meet Caitlin P. Smith from How to Get Away with Teaching. Hey, Caitlin, I am so excited to have another Carolinian here on the show with me. Not to mention, I am so inspired by you. Can you tell the listeners about your journey as a teacher and what led you to your business how to get away with teaching? Oh, wow. Hi, Brittany. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am such a fan of your platform and the work that you do. And I just thank you for inviting me. Um, How to get away with teaching is my baby birthed out of my own experience with burnout, my own struggles with my mental health and teaching all at the same time. Um, So what I wanted to create was a community that validated teacher experience that made us feel seen and heard and valued that really pushed the conversation to destigmatize what we what we had seen as the conversation around mental health. I started in the classroom in 2012 and I'm sure as you know mental health was you know, we we weren't really having these conversations about healing and about our emotions and about our struggles. And so it didn't quite feel like there was a safe space to really talk about what was going on within the classroom and how that impacted me as a human. Um, And so how to get away with teaching is the product of my experience where we support what educators are going through. We make you feel seen and heard and valued. And we remind you that you are a human all while taking care of your mental, physical, and emotional self. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And you mentioned, you know, a couple of years ago, when I first started teaching, I started teaching in 2010. Mm -hmm. And I can remember nobody really talked about what teachers were going through. It was a lot about the students, which is important. Mm -hmm. But I think one good thing that came from the pandemic was that it was opened up so that teachers could talk about what they were dealing with. And there was this push for self-care and talking Mm -hmm. about burnout. So did you ever experience teacher burnout? And if so, like, how did you overcome it? Yeah. uh, In my third year, I experienced burnout and I'd like to phrase it as I was chasing a a narrative, something that I had subconsciously created in my mind of what made a good teacher, right? And it looked like putting myself on the back burner continuously so that I could try to achieve these goals that I thought, oh, that's what good teachers do. Good teachers arrive, you know, two hours early. They leave. They're the last, you know, their car is the last one in the parking lot. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I am physically, mentally, emotionally, I am exhausted. And if this is what I have to continue to do in order to teach, I'm not going to make it. Like I am not going to be able to sustain. And mind you, you know, those first five years are very, very important to continuing within education. And I didn't want to quit, 
but I knew I couldn't continue doing the things that I was doing. I knew I couldn't keep taking work home with me. Like, like it's funny. I was dating my, my boyfriend, my now husband um, at that time. And he has pictures of me where I was literally just wrapped in a blanket on the couch. And my dog is like sitting on top of me because he's like wanting some attention. And I was just empty. Like I was operating on E, right? Mm-hmm. Um So when it came to overcoming burnout, I learned how to put myself first and it sounded selfish. It sounded kind of like, you know, as a teacher, you should, you know, put the kids first, do it for the kids. It's always about the kids. Mm -hmm. And I realized if I'm going to be here for these kids, I have to take care of myself. So I flipped it. I had to shift my mindset and it took therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it took talking about it with other educators. It took having accountability partners um, and just having those candid conversations to really unlearn some of the habits that I had picked up over time. Gradually, I was able to fall back in love with teaching and really enjoy it for for what it was and and enjoy that experience. But I don't think I would have made it the 10 years that I did um, you know, experience the classroom life of teaching without putting myself first. And and I think that's something that I struggled with, like as a individual before I became a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you put teaching on top of it and it's just like, oh, my gosh, double whammy, like, girl, yes, put yourself together. Um, so it was kind of a reality check. And I realized that I really needed to figure out who I was outside of teaching, right? And then I needed to bring that person into the classroom. I couldn't forget about me. And that is what helped me overcome burnout. I think that's something that needs to be in some of the teacher prep programs. Like we don't we don't have anything about, we have 19-year-olds going into teacher prep programs and mm-hmm. they really don't know themselves. They don't have that right. component of themselves that knows this is who I am. And so then we put them in the classroom and then we have this put on top of them where they're still trying to figure all of this out. And without therapy, a lot of teachers can't make it through that. So I really hate to interrupt this episode, but I've got to bring you this really quick and remind you that getting help from a licensed professional is not a weakness. If you've listened to more than just this episode, you will notice that all of the educators that I speak with cite that therapy helped them through their tough times. And hey, while this podcast is meant to be helpful, it is not a replacement for therapy. I know so many educators who struggle with finding quality therapy near them or have difficulty managing appointments to see a therapist when our schedules as educators aren't really conducive for appointments to get help. That's why I've partnered with Talkspace, which is a comprehensive online mental health treatment website with various options to meet all of your needs. You can get ongoing support from a licensed professional from the comfort of your home, your car, wherever, because it's completely virtual and they accept many insurance plans as well. Stop putting yourself on the back burner because of the commute times and the scheduling hassles. Head over and save $100 on your first month at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Talkspace and use the code SPACE, S-P-A-C-E, for flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyles and save money while receiving high-quality mental health care. Back to the episode. I love talking to other educators who are on the same platforms as me and like have those same goals and ambitions of meeting those teachers because we've all been to therapy. That's so, I I think that is so interesting to hear every time that I ask that question to somebody, they're like, 
yeah, I went to therapy, you know, and I think that's super important. And I know that you talk about self-care, you know, like self-care is so important for our overall health and well-being. And, you know, I'm all here for that. (laughs) So what is your biggest reason that you think teacher self-care routines are like a must-have? I think it's a must-have, honestly, because you're working within a system that for decades has profited and thrived on your unpaid labor. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, right, and acknowledging that, you have to remove those rose-colored lenses like, oh, you know, I thought teaching was going to be gumdrops and, and, and rainbows and happy times and all of these things. And while it is, yes, yes, it is. You cannot wait on this system to give you permission to put yourself first because yes. it's not going to happen. You know, in order for us to sustain, we have to take care of ourselves. It is essential. And so that's really what thrived and fueled my work behind talking about self-care and normalizing the fact that we are humans, right? Before we're teachers, we have needs and it is okay to give yourself permission to take care of yourself, honey, because you deserve it. Like you do. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that a lot of teachers, they really struggle with that mindset and hearing more teachers talk about it and having more teachers putting themselves first is really fueling that revolution where the change can happen to the system that has never put us, you know, never put us first. And I think I love that. You know what's funny? Like my husband and I, we like to watch like old sitcoms from, you know, that that are comfortable for us, like, you know, your Full House or Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, Mm -hmm. that we came up on. And and there will be episodes where you're seeing a, a classroom setting and you see how the teacher is represented or you see kind of the not I wouldn't I I don't know if I want to call it a stereotype, but you see the perception of what teachers are and and how they behave. And I think we're undoing that. And I think that is so stinking powerful. And it just gives me so much hope and gives me so much motivation to continue having these conversations because we're undoing a lot and we don't even realize it. But what we don't want to do is burn out, right? And quit and give up when you, you're truly doing something you love, but there might just need to be some shifts and some things that you can do on your own in order to sustain. I love how you mentioned that too, about the sitcoms, because I yeah. I was actually watching, what was it? Um, Boy Meets World. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, man, like Feeney really gave his all. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and we, we wanted to be that. We wanted to be, I think about Miss Honey from like mm-hmm. Matilda. I think about even like on The Simpsons, Miss Krabappel. And if you see the the, the wording or the spelling of Krabappel, it's Crabapple. And I'm like, what? Why? Why is it spelled like that? Mm-hmm. Because they're perceived like they're showing us a teacher is stressed out, exhausted, hates her job. And that's what you got to do to be a teacher. And I think we are in the process of undoing that by humanizing educators and really bringing awareness to what we really go through. And that is empowering. Like that is powerful for future generations to come. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it too. So what's your like go-to self-care routine on those like crazy stressful days? Yeah. Crazy stressful days. I think um, for me, it was a specific 
mindset, like on the car ride home, like, am I going to listen to music or am I going to sit here in silence? Like in during my silent time, what am I doing? Am I processing my day? Am I practicing forgiveness for something that I kind of, I might've been a bit too hard on myself or am I replaying something that brought me anxiety or something that am I overthinking? Oh, did my principal say this to me? What did she mean by that? You know, you Mm -hmm. have to really have that level of self-awareness to notice what are you actually doing when you're at work and what is it that's bringing you the most stress? And so for me, that looked like having that car ride home where I'm doing that self-reflection, coming home, having a workout or going for a walk, and and just really spending time with my family. Quality time for me is self-care because I know that by me being present, that is pouring into myself, pouring into my family and essentially recharging everyone because we're feeding off each other's energies, right? But also journaling. Journaling, I think for me, has just been a great opportunity to dump it all out. Like nobody's there to judge you, honey, because you're going to read it. Like they, mm-hmm. they show, you might not even go back and read it, <laughs> um, but it's a great chance to just get it out. And food. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I haven't had my little bit of indulgence every now and then, but just doing something that feels good and making sure that you are replenishing and recharging in a healthy way that really um, benefits you. And if that looks like you're cooking dinner with your partner, or if it looks like ordering DoorDash and being okay with that, like not giving yourself a hard time about it, Mm -hmm. that might be it. But I wanted to do something every day to make sure that I was prepared for the next day because I know if I'm not pouring into my own cup, and I know it's cliche, mm-hmm. but it's for real. Like if you aren't doing it, who's going to do it? Exactly. And I love that everything that you said doesn't require you to purchase a thing. Oh, you yeah, don't I'm have to go. And, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> that's completely free. You're riding in the car. Yep. Why not take that time to reflect when you get home? You know, and I think that's interesting that you said it because that's evidence based. Like when you are mm-hmm. thinking about the things that kind of stressed you out over the day, or if you're overthinking and then you head to a workout, you're releasing that stress oh, in the okay. stress cycle. And I talk a lot about that, yeah. like on the, on the podcast and everything like that, but it, that's so easy to do. And people think, oh, well, I have to go buy a bath bomb or I have to, or at least that's how I thought at one point in time. I was like, I've got to go buy this and I've got to go buy that. And really it doesn't require any money spent, you know? And one of the things that I talk about to my guests about, especially in terms of like self-care and burnout is we all know that teachers are leaving the profession at the highest rate in recent years. Why do you think that is? I mean, simply put, I think teachers are tired. I think Mm -hmm. teachers are tired of being the scapegoat. I think teachers are tired of not being valued and and compensated and treated with respect. Um, I know that uh, that contributed to my reason for leaving the classroom. And I just left in April 2022. So it's very recent. Um, But I, I think simply put, teachers are tired of being tired. And it's not that we don't like our job. Like I, I, I think people kind of misunderstand that piece. Like we love the work that we do. That's mm-hmm. that's why we went there in the first mm-hmm. place. It is all of the things that we really can't control and legislation written by people who have never set foot in somebody's classroom. Yes. That <laughs> no, it's it's that. And you compound all of these things on top of each other. 
who would want to do it? And and that's the frustrating part. And and then you have that threat also of of safety mm-hmm. and the concern of just I have to be on high alert at all times, watching my surroundings, watching my kids, watching what they're doing, because you never know safety wise what could happen. And you put all of those things together. That that could be why teachers are leaving the classroom. And and if legislators and um, leaders don't get it together, I. I, I saw a TikTok. It was funny. It was saying that this is just the first wave of yeah. teachers that we see. And I, I'm not sure of the research on that or if we're going to see another wave, but teachers are tired. Teachers are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So what do you think we can do to like lower that teacher attrition? Uh, you know what? I think having these types of conversations where people know what exactly what they're getting into really help change the normalization of some of the toxic toxicity that has been normalized for so long. Um, I think having leaders who are really aware of what's really going on and who are committed to having teacher voices at the table and listening and actually following through with those suggestions would help alleviate some of the issues. I would also think time. I think time is a huge factor. It's it's not that we don't know what we're doing. People don't realize a lot of teachers do not have enough planning time to actually get what they need to get done, done. Like I had 45 minutes a day and that's it to plan. That's not enough time. At all. And mind you, this is a 45 minute window. So Five minutes on the front end and five minutes on the back end, that's bathroom, um, getting the children where they needed to go. And then the time have to, you know, I had to go pick them up. So it actually shaved off two or three minutes on the front end and the back end. So that's what, 40 minutes? Like, mm-hmm. That's not so enough time. What am I going to do with that time? And I don't think people realize that we are not teaching with just a textbook. I'm not just handing children worksheets and saying, here, do this. Like I am differentiating. I am triangulating data. I am responding to their specific and diverse needs. I am being engaging because I'm also fighting against attention spans with social media. Like, you know, you have to keep them hooked and engaged. And that is exhausting. Like it is. we're on all day. We are on, you know. Um, but I think time compensation, I don't think people realize all that teachers do. I think we're starting to change that. And I think as we continue to share our stories and share what's really going on in classrooms, we'll see that change. Um, but time, money, respect, and, you know, just trust, trust teachers to do what we were trained to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we'll start to see a change, but it has to come, you know, with the people who are in leadership in high places willing to actually make those changes. And I'm loving the union work that I've seen across the country and the work that different advocate groups have been doing. And, and I just hope we continue with that same momentum so that we can see change because it is at the end of the day, it's about the kids mm-hmm. and you know, society might have a different definition of what's best for kids. And and some teachers may have something that's different. But um, I think if we all come together and let teachers do their jobs, Mm -hmm. we'll be all right. (laughs) You know, South Carolina does not have a teacher's union. Yeah, there's North Carolina. And so I've always been in this situation. So I've never known that other states have these people that are like for the teachers. Yeah. And I think that really makes an impact 
for certain states. But you mentioned about like having that time. I didn't also realize because I've been in the same school for the last seven years, we have two planning periods, which are 42 minutes each. Mm -hmm. And then we have a lunch period. And we had people coming from Florida who were like, yeah, we only got 30 minutes. I'm like, what? That's, Mm -hmm. that's crazy to think that teachers are not having that time. That was a lot of push in from the previous teachers. And if we don't have the capacity, if we're burned out, we're not going to be able to make those changes in our school buildings. Exactly. And something that you do that's amazing every week, I I love it, uh-huh. is that you post teacher affirmations. Yes. And I love that mindset shift that comes with teacher affirmations. I'm all about individualization for our teacher resilience. So how do you teach teachers to craft those affirmations that really work for them? Is there a special formula you use? You know, it's the same kind of formula that you use as a teacher to create a learning target, to create a learning objective. Um, Instead of thinking about the children, you're now thinking about yourself. And that is hard to do when you're so used to serving, you're so used to giving, you're a natural nurturer, right? And I think it becomes challenging because you have to kind of look inward and think, okay, what is something that I need? What is my body telling me? What is my mind telling me that that I need right now? Where am I feeling kind of low? What are my high points? Like, what's what's really going on? So when I craft an affirmation, it's a simple I am statement, something that you might want to be working towards or something that you might be feeling um, that you might need to improve. So it might be something as simple as I feel because like, let's say you had a meeting with your principal and you're feeling that your data is not reflecting the actual talents and abilities that you bring to the classroom, right? You know, I'm a confident teacher, but when it comes to data, it kind of hurts my feelings. Like I, I, I kind of shy away from having those conversations because I'm not as confident in that area. So you might want to craft an affirmation because those are connected to your mind and right in that slowly becomes a habit. It becomes thought. It becomes a habit. It becomes a pattern and actually turns into a belief, right? Mm -hmm. So with that, you might change it to, okay, I am capable and leave it at that. It might be, I am capable of doing hard things. I am capable of meeting my students' needs. I am capable of putting myself first. So you have to really ask yourself, what is it that I need? And that also comes with the level of self-awareness and being able to really be in tune with yourself and understand, okay, this is what I'm struggling with now. This is what I want to repeat with consistency because then you'll actually start to believe it. Now, Mm -hmm. if you just write it down, don't think about it might not be as beneficial. Um, But I would recommend there's a book by Mel Robbins. It's the high five habit. Love it. Like she's a great motivational speaker and she challenges people. And it sounds really silly, but I swear it works to give themselves a high five in the mirror. And I'm like, girl, what? (laughs) Seriously. Apparently there's some sort of science behind it that it makes some sort of emotions and feelings um, happen just of that act of giving a high five. Um, even there was research where they had three different groups of children. And I think one group of kids, they didn't get any external motivation. Another group, they had like a verbal affirmation before the assessment. The last group had the verbal affirmation and high fives. Who outperformed the other groups? The last one 
because of that external connection, because of that, I, I don't know what feeling it elicits. I'm no scientist by any means, but there's research that high fives are beneficial and it does improve your self-confidence, all of those things. So I would challenge listeners to start your day and not even when you're all made up, right? Start your day. She says she does it when she's like completely in her pajamas or or in the nude, whatever works for you. Whatever. Um, <laughs> just, you know, you see your full, your authentic self, because that's also connected to self-love, self-worth, confidence, self-esteem, like all of these things are interconnected. And you give yourself that high five in that real authentic state and consistency with affirmation, you'll start to see a change. But they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep at it. And that's that's really my purpose behind the affirmations is to provide that support to teachers because I know how difficult it is. And sometimes it really sucks to just go to a job where you feel like you are not appreciated and you are not valued. And so that's my hope behind the affirmations to provide that support and get folks ready for the week ahead. You know, I'm going to put the that book in the show notes as well because yeah. I've never read that one, but now it's on my list. Oh, I love, yeah, I I love to read different types of books and things like that. But when you create this affirmation and it starts to become a belief, so oftentimes teachers really struggle with changing their belief system yeah. because growing up we saw things on sitcoms, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. We we had all of these different, you know external things coming at us, making us have these certain beliefs. And in a recent episode, I kind of talked about how you can borrow beliefs from other people. You're one of those people that teachers can start to borrow these beliefs from and start incorporating it into their lives so that they can start to embody that belief. I love that so much. Yes. And I want, I want teachers to know that they can go to your page. They can see these affirmations. And if it isn't sticking quite yet, the more consistent they are, they can start to embody that. Absolutely. Um, and I know that in your box, like I got recently, I got one of your boxes. I'm obsessed yes. with it. I cannot <laughs> wait to kind of show everybody what was in it. Um, for those teachers who are looking to like DIY their self-care, you put a little book inside. Like, are yeah. there any other books that you recommend for teachers? Yeah, um, I would definitely recommend if you're struggling with boundaries, there's a book by Nedra Tawab and it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Literally changed my entire perspective on boundaries. And I thought that I was being selfish when no, I'm actually like pouring into myself by setting mm-hmm. boundaries and adhering to them. So set boundaries, find peace. My next suggestion would be Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, really helpful in helping you really organize and, and unpack where you got, got your habits from and how you can change to move forward. And I want to go on record to say that nothing's wrong with you right? Nothing is wrong with you. So when it comes to the idea of self-improvement and self-care, you have to recognize that what's happening to you, whether it be burnout or stress or just pure exhaustion, that's a byproduct of the system and you are not the cause of it. However, there are some preventative measures that you can take in order to sustain and protect your self-worth, protect your mind, protect your body, all of those things. Um, another book, I have it here, um, Joy at Work by Marie Kondo. Um, you know, she's known for the- one <laughs> I got. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So she helps people really um, 
find the joy in removing things that you no longer need and helping people see the the gift and the magic behind tidying things up. Um, but what they really love about this book is she goes into detail about tidying up like emotional pieces and things that you need to get rid of when it comes to your thoughts and how that connects to your work. Mm-hmm. And I'd never thought about that. Like, man, I do have 20,000 emails. That notification might bother me a little bit. I do need mm-hmm. to go through and like unpack, or not unpack, but I do need to probably go through and delete some of those. Or just think about the extra things that you're carrying from previous school years, whether it be mentally or like physical stuff. Um, but she does encourage readers to get rid of digital things that are you're still holding on to, maybe in your Google Drive, <laughs> mm-hmm. that are driving you nuts at the same time because you can't ever find anything. Yeah, I get a little... I look at different things all the time and I try to like, I'll read like seven books at one time and then I synthesize all the information. So I was reading this feng shui book. Don't ask. I just (laughs) really, I really geek out on stuff like that. And in that book, it was talking about how like clutter in certain areas of your life could, you know, impact those certain emotional pieces of your life. So even Marie Kondo's on that, you know what I mean? I know. And that's like amazing to think about that, the fact that those things can be connected and thinking about like your classroom and what that setup looks like and having that additional clutter, how that impacts you, how that impacts um, the children who are learning in your classroom on a daily basis and taking all those things, like you said, and synthesizing and putting them together to really um, come up with a plan moving forward on what what you might want to change or what you're interested in starting to change because change is hard. Like it is self-care, so, like all these things we're talking about, focusing on your mental health, it is hard hard because you have to face some really, really harsh truths. Um, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. It is so worth it. Absolutely. Um, I'm so glad that we could get you on the show and chat in real time. Yes. But for those listeners who love your perspective, want to hear more about your um, how to get away with teaching box, can you tell them a little bit about the box, where to find you, all yes. of that? Absolutely. So How to Get Away with Teaching is a self-care monthly delivery of a combination of bath and body items, productivity support, lifestyle items, and a mental health activity to help boost your mood and get you set up to take care of yourself, essentially. So it's a monthly reminder to pour into you. Um, In it, you will find advice from our featured therapist of the month, which is like it's my favorite part. I'm gonna be completely honest. In our private Facebook group, you have um, access to our live webinars and a recording with our featured therapist where we go over a specific topic. For example, this month's topic was self-regulation. In the coming months, we're talking about boundaries, perfectionism, um, self-confidence. All of those things comes with that monthly delivery. So that's what How to Get Away with Teaching is all about. Yes. And where can where can the listeners find you? Because I know that they're gonna wanna run to your page now. Yeah. So we are on (laughs) Facebook and Instagram at How to Get Away with Teaching. You can also visit our website and read our blog at www.howtogetawaywithteaching.com. Awesome. I'm so excited that you got to hop on today and share some more. I love connecting with other educators who are in the same mindset. And I just know that the listeners are gonna love what you have to offer on your page. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany. I love this opportunity and it was a pleasure talking with you today. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.